Hi guys. This is something new for me. It is my first solo episode. You know what? Let me just double check that I'm actually recording here. Okay, so it's my first solo episode. This is honestly... This is honestly my nightmare. (laughs) Um, I love to be someone that guides the conversation and is part of the conversation and I like to equally listen and share but to do a full solo episode where I'm basically just talking to myself yeah it's kind of a nightmare and I honestly give other podcasters um so much credit because they make it seem really easy to sit here and talk to themselves and it's honestly like scary um But yeah, so originally I was going to do this episode because it is the podcast's birthday on Saturday. Well, today, because this is the day that the podcast episode is coming out. It's kind of like I'm time traveling. Um, But originally it was supposed to be something a little bit more vulnerable and personal and kind of about like everything that's gone on in the past year since launching I've had a ton of life shifts and just a whirlwind of different happenings that I would love to talk about but I kind of realized after sharing to my stories on Instagram that I'm doing this solo episode and kind of opening the floor to the community about what topics they were interested in I think it just made a lot more sense to dive into We All Dream and a little bit about myself if you don't know who I am and just, you know, I never really had that original episode to explain what is the purpose of We All Dream and this podcast and the community and all of that. So um, I feel like this one can just be a little bit, you know, lighter and answering the questions that... um, people had submitted via Instagram stories and then maybe either for the new year or my birthday in February I will do a more personal year roundup and reflection um, just because I feel like this is a better segue for me to start and yeah so we're gonna do just that okay so One of the questions that I got was, how did your upbringing affect the style of your work and your interests? Um, So a little bit about my background. My dad is originally from Lebanon, born and raised there. He came here in his 20s to put himself through college and to support his family and change his life and all that. So I'm first generation Lebanese American or Middle Eastern American. And my mom is like fifth generation on an island, a small town, super North shore of Massachusetts, um, with a very mixed background of a lot of Europeans, Italian, Portuguese, Irish, French, English, the whole thing. Um, And I think just growing up with my dad and having all the culture and the cooking and all of that. And then my mom 
you know, growing up in this town, all of her sisters and her family, we all lived on the same street. So I was kind of raised with like a lot of women and a lot of people in our family. And the town is very close knit and everybody knows everyone and everyone's related somehow. And my mom is in the wellness field. So growing up around that and, um, you know, being introduced to healing and yoga and meditation and energetic work and nutrition and all of these things and having books about the body and about all these kind of things around me when I was younger. Um, I think it kind of like shaped how I am, or it did very much shape the way I am now. Um, and then just my mom being so creative, like she is a child at heart. She's a cancer. And so she's emotional and she's like a kid. She's a grown up kid. Um, she's very playful. She's extremely creative. Um, every home that we had growing up, she always made it a point for us to have like a craft room where there were just like supplies from nature and the craft store and like endless amount of papers and crayons and paints and clay and basically anything you could think of just for us to have a space to like create and do all of these things. And when we were little, she used to, um, you know, sit and play with us. And she was just the best in like always making sure that our creativity was like soaring and just kind of exploring like what, what really was an interest for us. Um, so yeah, I think it, I think my upbringing originally, it was very sweet and I had the most beautiful childhood, um, and just being raised around all the energies and cultures and people and family that it was really nothing but love. I think once my parents divorced, a lot of that changed and, um, you know, a lot of the light turned to dark for a while. Um, but I think the style of my work and interests really now looking back is all because of my upbringing. It's all because of the cultures I come from and the family that I come from and the space that was created for me as a child. And of course, there's a lot of unlearning. Um, like I always say, our parents just did the best they could with what they had. Um, but there's a lot of things that they didn't know better how to do things. And um, so there's like a lot of unlearning that you do as an adult, but I can see in my work and my creativity and my photography and the communities and everything that I build is a direct reflection of where I come from. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a little bit about my upbringing. I feel like in my early years, we moved a little bit. I think I went to like six different schools and before I went to high school, let's see, one, two, three, four, maybe five. I think I went to five schools, maybe six, five or six schools before I ended up going to high school just because we moved around and then with the divorce and all of that. But, um, school was honestly never my thing. I really never liked being in classes. I found history extremely boring unless it was about other cultures or places in the world. Um, American history was just never it for me. 
English class, not a fan, honestly. I always thought I hated reading and writing, but I realized it was just the materials that they were giving us because I actually love reading and writing. I just like it in a way that you're allowed to do it freely and not this like curriculum of like, you have to read this in this grade and then, oh, go have a great summer, but here are 10 books you have to read. So I think just like school wasn't my thing. Math really stressed me out. I thought science was super cool, but like when it really got nitty gritty into like real, real science. Um, yeah, it just wasn't it for me. And that's me coming from a family where my dad's an engineer, my brother's, um, studying like cyber something cyber. I don't know. He's like coding and doing like crazy shit. And then my sister went to school for like biomedical engineering. So I'm kind of like, black sheep a little bit, I would say, although I, I guarantee my sister would, um, say that's her, but I just, yeah, I, school was just not for me. And, um, I think because of moving around so much and even my dad being from the middle East, I remember a lot of kids not being allowed to, um, come over for play dates. Or, um, I remember like when we moved to a very cookie cutter neighborhood, some of the kids were up in a tree house and they were throwing like acorns at me and saying that me and my family should go back to the country we came from. And that basically my dad was a terrorist and just like really not nice situations. And when I was a kid and that was happening, I really felt maybe what they were saying was true or that I didn't belong. Um, and yeah, I definitely did not have the greatest school experiences. I feel like I was consistently bullied and always had issues with mean girls and it was just not fun for me. I would have anxiety every morning, like waking up for school. And if you're from new England, you know, this too well, just like waking up in that pitch black darkness, especially in the winters and having to get ready for school. But like, for me, school was a nightmare. So it was just like an anxiety pit in my stomach the moment I would wake up. And I remember always trying to like get out of it and tell my mom, like, I don't feel good. I'm sick. I, I can't go. Or like wanting to spend the full day in the art room or just like, you know, escaping from it all. But yeah. So yeah, I think my schooling wasn't ideal, but, um, I think it was really when I left for college that I really had a better understanding about kind of who I wanted to be in the world and what lit me up. And I honestly, anything that I'm doing right now, whether it's photography or we all dream or any of the brands I've ever worked with or for, and just the kind of things I've experienced in my life, I honestly did not know it was a possibility growing up. Like I remember when I realized like I wanted to do photography, I kind of shut it down for many years because I thought the only way to do it and do it full time was to be a wedding photographer, an event photographer, a portrait photographer, and no shame on any of those because those are some of the most hardworking 
photographers and creatives I know, but it just wasn't for me because I felt like that didn't allow me to have a lot of creative freedom or it wasn't the types of content that I necessarily want to be producing personally. And so I just didn't think it was possible. Like I really didn't know. And my mom was always very encouraging of whatever you want to be in this world, you can do it. But having a very traditional father who thinks that you should get a college education and have a degree and then go work a nine to five and have the biweekly pay and the insurance and the benefits and the 401k and the retirement and all of that, which needless to say, it's all important. And I think there are other ways of achieving those things, but it was a little bit frustrating growing up because I didn't, I felt like I could imagine this world that I wanted to create and I wanted to live in and I wanted to experience, but a part of me felt like it wasn't reachable or not possible, or I didn't know how, or I didn't know anyone in those places or doing the things I wanted to do. Um, I think a lot of people from my hometown tend to go to community college or they leave for college and then they come back and, you know, marry someone from our town and they get married and they have babies and they work their jobs and they're really happy and content with that. And I think that's amazing, but it's just not for me. It never was for me. I was itching to get out of the house and I love my family and I love where I come from. And I get so excited to go home now that I'm not home, but I just remember like daydreaming about college and being like, I cannot wait to get out of here and experience new people and new things and just see what this world has to offer. And I ended up going to a school right outside of Boston. So it was really only 45 minutes away from home, but it was like enough space, but close enough to home where if I needed to see my family or I just wanted to come home for some space, like it was available to me very easily. Um, And I studied fashion communication and promotion, which was a very new major. They had like communications for sports and entertainment and all these things. But usually for fashion, you either study fashion design or fashion merchandising. And I remember neither of those really called to me. I originally wanted to go to school to be an artist. And my dad said, absolutely not. And then I wanted to go to school for interior interior design. And he was more open to that. And I remember I went and sat in for a class at Suffolk and I realized it was just like all numbers. And I was like, okay, this is the math and the numbers and the measurements. It's just not for me. I love interiors. I love decorating. I ended up doing interior design work at a big corporation, but I just knew it wasn't for me. So I went to this college that offered the fashion communication and promotion program. And I was really excited about it because it was for the people who wanted to do photography and work in magazines and work in media and write and creative direct and go to fashion shows and all the things that really lit me up. Um, So I did that and I got my bachelor of arts and I studied in Italy um, Florence, uh, Florence University of the Arts. And I really focused that semester on photography. And um, I remember my dad and my Amos, Amos's uncle in Lebanese, but they had gifted me a camera 
um, before I left for school. So it was like my first camera. And it's actually so funny. My first ever photo shoot that I did in Florence was so awful. Like, I wish I could just, maybe I have those photos somewhere and I can share them just for like shits and giggles with you guys. They were so bad, you guys, like so, so bad. I remember like they paired us up with someone from class and they were like, okay, your assignment is to go around Florence and do like street photography of people and, you know, learn your cameras and learn what excites you and what doesn't. And the photos were so bad. Oh my God. But by the end of the semester, I was like shooting in studios, doing lookbooks, working with the teams on Zara and like all these cool things. And like for the first time ever in my life, I could actually see this like creative future that really brought excitement and energy to my system. And like, it was just a big yes. And I'm a generator. So like for me, those like solid yeses of like excitement and energy that I get out of doing certain things. I like know that I'm going in the right direction. Whereas like if something depletes me and I'm like avoiding it at all costs, like it's either like something that I have to get over or it's just like a hard no. Um, so yeah, I did that and it was amazing. And I graduated college and then I basically, went right into the workforce and did my nine to five at a huge corporation in Boston. And it was great at the time. Um, I entered the company with one role. And then I realized that like, there were people within our department doing like creative work that I was so intrigued by. And it was all about like interiors and color palettes and brand design and creative direction and all these things I wanted to do, even if it wasn't like the company that I saw myself like growing old with. Um, but I ended up kind of creating or working with my boss to create a role for me within, um, our department to do more creative. And that's when I got into like brand design and art direction and all of these things. And that was such a great experience. And it was like the next three years of my life after college. Um, but Yeah, I did not. I ended up quitting. And I remember I had gone to Miami for my 25th birthday with like five really great friends. And we were there and I had just gotten a new camera for myself. And it was digital at the time. I was just shooting digital. And I was taking photos of them and the like cute places we were going to and things that were inspiring me. And I remember saying to them, guys, when I get back home to Boston, I'm going to quit my job and become a photographer. And they all were just like, yeah, okay. Like, you know, they were supportive, but they thought it was just like, I'm, I'm very much a dreamer and I daydream quite often. And like, I think it just stresses my family and friends out quite a bit because sometimes it does, it sounds great, but maybe it doesn't make sense financially or it doesn't. It just is like not realistic. So they were like, yeah, yeah, that's great. But okay, we'll see if she really quits her job of three years that she's about to get a promotion in and whatever. And we got back and I literally quit my job. And I remember my last day was supposed to be on a Friday. It was like Friday the 13th or something. And then that Wednesday before the world shut down because of the pandemic. And I just remember thinking to myself like, oh my fucking God, what have I done? Like I just 
screwed myself basically because the world is shutting down and I have no idea what's going to happen. And I can't go out and do photo shoots and I'm basically screwed. Okay. So another question from the same person was, how did you get into photography? When and where did the sparks for all of your interests creatively start to shine? So I feel like photography, and this is me looking back on life. I don't think I picked it up um, while it was happening. Like I didn't recognize it was happening, but now looking back, I think it was very clear that I was meant to do photography. When I was little, I was always stealing um, all of the disposable cameras from around the house that my mom had. I was always taking photos of my siblings and my friends and my parents and our cats and our plants and the food in my bedroom, which makes sense because I love culinary. I love interiors. I love design. I love fashion. And I just love the people and places that I love. Like that's what lights me up the most with photography. And, um, so I was always stealing the disposable cameras. And then I was also always stealing the digital cameras and video cameras from my parents. Like there's a video we watch every Christmas that is like an hour and a half long of me stealing my dad's video camera on Christmas Eve. And I'm just like doing, it's basically like a movie and it's so embarrassing and none of you will ever see it, but honestly, it just, it, it, it checks out. Like it really checks out. Um, so yeah, I think I was just always into it. I remember hanging up sheets in my room and then styling my little sister in outfits and doing her hair and her makeup. And I think same with my little brother. And I hope he's not mad at me for sharing this, but I would like dress him up as well. And then I would take photos of them with the, with the disposable cameras in front of like this little studio set. And I feel like back then I didn't really know what that even meant or what I was doing. Maybe I saw it in like magazines, but I was really creating like a set. Like I was producing a little photo shoot and, um, yeah, like I really always loved doing that. And then when we got phones and it was so easy and accessible, I was just capturing everything, like literally everything. Um, and I think in high school was when I really got introduced to film photography. I had done a class and we had the dark room and I learned how to develop my film. Um, but I remember it being so confusing to me. Like I, I really felt like it was so old school. I was like, how am I supposed to remember how to load this camera and set the lighting and do all this. And I remember our teacher wasn't the nicest and she would be so mean about like the light meter and this and that and whatever. Um, but I thought it was so cool to see your photos like come to life in the dark room. And I remember back then they were so moody too. Like it looked like a little bit from a horror movie kind of vibe, but I still have those photos printed of my friends. And I just thought it was like the coolest thing ever. Um, but I still stuck with digital cause I think it was just accessible and easy. And I didn't even know like how to get my hands on film back then and, you know, all of that. And then when I was in college, I took those photo courses at my actual college in Boston. And then again, when I was in Florence and I think that's when it really sparked. And then 
graduated, stuck with photography, got more into like the blogging scene. Like I thought that was the best creative outlet for me at the time because I loved sharing everything that I saw beauty in, whether it was fashion or skincare or beauty or interiors, travel, restaurants, whatever it was. Like I just wanted to share those things that I found beautiful and it was like such an easy way at the time on social media to like access brands. So I think I was still using digital cameras back then and just like working with local brands, um, just like on shoots and on content. And I was getting hired for content and actually, um, for we all dream, I had this new series coming out. That's more of a written interview for artists that I admire. And the first feature for Jackie Cole, she's actually from my hometown And her and her boyfriend, when I graduated college, they had basically started this boutique creative agency and they were traveling around the world and doing content for brands. And they were the first people to hire me for a paid uh, photography shoot for like a brand. Like I did portrait sessions in college and I was paid for those sessions and I was paid for events, but that was like my nightmare. But I really wanted to do like, campaigns and brand work and stuff like that. And they hired me for my first brand job. And it was for like a popcorn company. I can't remember the name of it, but it's that popcorn that has the cheesy and caramel mixed together. Um, What is it called? I can't even remember, but yeah. So that's kind of how I got into photography. And when I quit my um, corporate job, I had gotten like a Fuji film digital camera. And I loved it because it made the photos look like film. Like I wanted that vibe of like the nostalgic, intimate photos that film gives. But for some reason, I never thought to myself, like just get a film camera. And there's so much out there, like all these people saying, use this camera, use this film, set your camera at this lighting, blah, blah, blah. Like I just, I'm an Aquarius. It goes right over my head. And I'm just like, I'm going to do things my own way and just like figure it out. But so I was doing digital. And then um, when I had left my job and the pandemic hit and I was kind of like, oh, I'm so screwed. I don't know what to do with myself right now. Carly Dame was a photographer that I had just discovered and I loved her work. She was traveling all over the world with her boyfriend to the most dreamy locations in Paris and in Italy and just all these really cool spots and working with really great magazines and people that I was seeing all over Instagram And it just so happened that I had just recently followed her. I probably was following her around the time I was using using that Fujifilm camera because it was looking like film, even though it was digital. And I remember the week that I quit my job and I was like stressed, I was scrolling on Instagram and I see a post from her saying like, last moment to join my modern photography academy for... um, like whatever the, um, it was like a course, like last chance to join this course in the next one won't be until like the end of the summer or something. And I remember at the time being like, so stressed out to invest in that because I wasn't working and it was like the pandemic. And I didn't know when this pandemic was over and whatever, but I just like trusted that for whatever reason, I was being so called to do this course and I took it and that's when I got into film photography and actually like taught myself how to use a film camera and basically put the digital camera down and was like, okay, I'm going to learn how to do this. And that was only in 2020. So this is like less than four years ago. So I'm 
I've basically done photography my whole life, but the film side of things was like a little taste tester in high school and then professionally starting in 2020. Um, so that's kind of how I got into photography and yeah, I think it really started to shine in 2020 when I really sat down and I took this course and I really reflected on like what I want to create in this world and like what really inspires me versus what is trending, you know, and just like trying to figure out my own voice and trying to figure out what I want to see more of and become that myself. And next question. Okay. Background story of we all dream. How did we all dream start? Okay. So basically this is the perfect timing for this question. So when I did that photo Academy and she was kind of like, it wasn't an Academy. It was not the Academy to learn how to use a film camera. It was how to turn your passion for photography into a thriving career and like how to work with brands that you want to work with and how to create amazing photo shoots that like captivate the essence of like what you're trying to do with your storytelling basically and you know creating a portfolio from scratch to attract brands and collaborators and people that you want to work with um so I think it was like I can't remember how many weeks this course was but towards the end of the course one of our sessions was about um, creating some sort of passive income. And of course I just totally ignored the whole point of it, but I was like trying so hard to figure out, like, I don't know, like maybe I could have a brand or maybe I could create a product or maybe I could do this. And I felt like a course wasn't for me. And then I was thinking like, Oh, maybe I can create a product, but I had no idea what that product was. And at the time I was like, well, maybe I can do like a brand, like a cute brand of you know, something for people like me who want clothes that you can work in as a photographer and travel in and all this stuff, basically like leisure wear, you know, travel wear, whatever it is that all these brands are doing now and were doing back then. Um, so that was like my idea. Like I wanted to have this creative community, also this brand that was for the creative community. And so I was telling a friend about this and I was just saying like, I don't know how, but I want this community where either it's like a podcast and I interview people and, you know, share their stories and share their ideas and basically inspire others to follow their dream. Because at the time I was so inspired by this modern photography academy, like Carly was so inspiring to a small town girl that didn't know that like this kind of career was accessible and I just thought like, wow, if she can do it, I can do it. And I just want everyone else to feel that way and to follow their dreams and to live a life they love. And that was like the core of We All Dream. Like I really just wanted to have this place to inspire people and to bring creatives together and to have conversations, whether that was through a podcast or articles. Like I wasn't sure at the time. I just knew that it was going to be something along those lines. Um, anyway, so I was having such a hard time with the name. I was like, what am I going to call this? Like I was brainstorming for weeks, like nothing was sticking. I had a few ideas, but it just like, nothing was like it for me. I was just like, that's good. But like, it's just not it. And then my friend texted me one morning and she was like, 
So I had a dream last night and you chose a name for the community. Um, but I don't know if you want me to tell you it. I think it's really good and you might actually want to use it, but let me know. And I was like, yeah, tell me. And she goes, you called it. We all dream. And so I was like, that's it. That's the name. And then it just kind of got clear that like, this was going to be a community to help people bring their dreams into fruition, but I still wasn't really sure how that was going to happen. And when I decided on a podcast, I was so overwhelmed with the technical side of it. Like all of these articles of like these pro podcasters that were like, you need this setup and you need this microphone and you need to use this editing software. And this is how many podcast episodes you need to put out a week. And this is how you're going to gain traction on your, and this is how you use Spotify. And like, it was so overwhelming. And I was like, just kept putting it off and off and off. And I was just like, absolutely not. Um, and I ended up, I left my job. When did the pandemic happen? I feel like it was like April. I want to say that month when I ended up leaving my job and the pandemic hit, if that was April, I ended up moving to New York that October as a freelancer with no existing clients in New York. Like I told, I basically told my parents at the, I think like mid, no, mid September, I said, you guys, I think I need to move to New York to really, you know, pursue this career and turn my passions into a reality and, you know, all of that. And two weeks later, I found an apartment and I was getting ready to move and it was so fast. Um, and so I think just with the move and the newness of life and figuring things out and going through all the struggles, like I always say, New York is a boot camp that like nobody signs up for. Like you look at it like this glorious rite of passage to like living your dreams, but like nobody really talks about like the first year is usually very hard, especially if you're like kind of coming solo and you don't have a huge community here and like you're not living off of your parents' money or wealth or whatever, like you're really doing it on your own. And that first year was really a struggle. So We All Dream was kind of put on the back burner. It was kind of just like an inspo account. I really wanted to start a podcast, but I wasn't really feeling confident in myself or my connections. And I just had like bigger things to worry about, like paying my bills, you know? So um, that's how it started. And now it's evolved, obviously, into a podcast in the community. And there's a lot of other things that I want it to turn into. Um, actually, someone asked, um, are you wanting to expand? We all dream in the community. If so, in what ways and what are your dreams for this? Um, so yes, I do want to expand. I mean, I want to expand on it for life. And the podcast was like the intro of we all dream, you know, like this was my way to start conversations, to inspire people to do what they want to do, to kind of like go down their own path and not do things the normal traditional way. Like if you have a career path that no one else in your family has, or you want to do things that no one in your town has even heard of doing. I think it's important to really listen to that instinct and figure out how to make it work. Um, but I don't know if the podcast will be forever. And it's just one thing out of a collective of things under this umbrella of we all dream. And eventually, and hopefully very soon, 
I really want to build on the in real life community and host events and just things that like bring this beautiful community together in real life and not just um, digitally, even though I think like Instagram and the podcast, it's like such great ways to connect with people from all over the world. But I really crave that in-person connection. So I would love to do events and down the pathway later, I would love to do We All Dream retreats and creative residencies. I've always said I want to invest in a home, multiple homes, upstate, Europe, Turkey, wherever it is, and have a We All Dream creative residency. And I really also want to get into a product. Like right now, we're going to be launching very soon a um vintage collection that I have been curating for the last year and a half um just like on my travels and being overseas and that will be like a cute curated vintage collection and I would love to keep that going but eventually I would love to have my own homewares collection of like wooden spoons and table linens and candle holders and just things that remind me of my heritage and my family and my upbringing and all of that. Um, I still really want to create a, we all dream guided journal that helps you get really clear on your purpose and how to make your dreams a reality. And just, they, I really believe that the answers are within you. You can go to every life coach. You can go to every retreat. You can listen to every podcast, read every book, but at the end of the day, the answers are within you. And I think it's really important to connect with yourself. I have a daily practice of writing in my journal, even if it's just a few lines and I get all of my answers when I spend time alone, going for walks, writing, whatever it is. So I would love to have a, we all dream journal at some point. Um, and my ultimate goal is to be a publishing house. I would love to be a publishing house for like niche books, you know, really created beautiful books revolving around culture and art and community. I think nothing is more satisfying than seeing work physically. Like nothing is more important to me than like my photo books and my art books. And I could spend hours just like flipping through them and getting inspired and wondering what the artist was thinking when they captured it or what was their creative direction or, and I love things that just look so intimate, like a family member or a lover or just someone close to you captured a moment. So yeah, I'm like going way off track, but I would love to be a publishing house, but I think that will come later in life when I slow down a bit. I'm much more organized. I'm much more clear. I have a lot more experience under my belt. I'm only 28. So I feel like there's still so much to learn. So I'm kind of letting we all dream evolve with me. I feel like the possibilities are endless. And as I evolve, it will evolve with me. And I don't know what the order of that will be or where it will take me. But I feel like this is like my little safe haven where I'm in control of what I create and the messages I put out and who I connect with. And I think it's really important as a creative to have an outlet like that. Okay. Um, okay. Someone asked, what's something that's been a big life lesson for you? Oh my God, this year alone, ugh, so many things this year has been so transformative and humbling. And we'll get into that 
in my next solo episode, but I would say not to force anything, whether it's career relationships, goals, physical items you want, like just don't force things. I think forcing things gives you the exact opposite outcome of what you really want. Just like let it flow, release. I have to constantly remind myself to just like release. Like you can you can't have control over everything. And I think just make your own seat at the table. Like I have shifted and evolved so many times into new atmospheres and environments and work things. Like my career has shifted so much over the last 10 years. I have never had someone pull out a seat at the table for me. I have always, always made my own seat at the table or have started my own table fully because it's just what you have to do unless you have the in somehow, you know? So don't be afraid to do that. I think that has been a big life lesson for me. And I think the older we get, the scarier it feels to do that. Um, You're just a little bit, I don't know. I think that I used to be super spontaneous and fearless and like not caring what others think and not caring if I'm like being cringy, you know, but now I feel like it's very top of mind and I'm learning to release that. I see all these posts on Instagram. That's like, let it, let the cringe come out. Like who cares? And I'm like, honestly, yeah. Like why do I care? These people aren't paying my bills. These people aren't the, they're not the lover I come home to at night for like the love and care that I need. They're not my family, but either way, none of your business, stay in your lane, focus on yourself, focus on your art and don't take it personally. Okay. Next question. I'm going to do a few more and then wrap this up because I don't want it to be too long. Okay. Body image in today's world. This one has always been challenging for me. I think I've had body image issues since I was five years old. I, it has taken me a long time to accept myself and give myself love and just like, look, I am Portuguese, Italian, Lebanese, Greek, like all these beautiful cultures and the women tend to have curves. And honestly, like the older I get, the more I love them. And I feel like I love all body types. I think being a photographer and just really being in awe of the female body, I can't tell you that. Like, I think we're all built so differently and it's really beautiful just to see. I love learning about, like, if I meet someone, I'm like, what is your mom? And what is your dad? Because like, It's just really beautiful to see, I don't know, just like, I keep seeing this post on Instagram that it shows like how many, like, it's like a funnel of like, you have your parents and then you have four grandparents and then you have eight great grandparents and you have so-and-so great, great grandparents. And it's like all these people you've gotten their genes from, or it's taken X amount of people to create you. And all those people created you out of like love or whatever it is. And I think that's so beautiful. So how can I sit here and not totally love and accept how I look or my body image? And, um, I'm still working on that. I think it'll be a lifelong practice. Cause you know, we all have our days 
and moments of like insecurity and then feeling also great about ourselves. I think it's really hard in the fashion world because, you know, with like models, you're bringing some of the most beautiful people in the world in one room and, or quote unquote, beautiful to today's standards. Um, I think it's really easy to be hard on yourself and to be hard on your body. You have to remember a lot of these people are naturally thin and a lot of people have to go to really dangerous and unhealthy lengths to keep their body looking a certain way. Um, I just think you should never compare yourself because you don't know what that person is doing to maintain that body, or you don't know what that person, you don't know if they maybe have some sort of, um, diagnosis that causes them to gain weight easily or put weight on or to lose weight, or you just don't know. So it's not good to assume. I think the industry is definitely changing. I'm seeing a lot of plus size models and diversity in models, but I think we just have so long, we we have a long way to go. We really do. And also just like, I have to remind myself to enjoy myself. I'm sorry. I'm not nothing is worth, and this could just be me growing up in like a Lebanese household where like food meant love and coming together. And like my dad expressed his love through cooking for us. So this just could be a me thing, but I feel like there's no dress or no event or like post on Instagram that would just make me want to diet myself enough or, you know, spend hours at the gym just to like really enjoy a meal with loved ones. Like it's just not me and it will never be me. So I really like to enjoy myself. I love life's pleasures. I love enjoying amazing food. I also love moving my body. I love going to yoga. I love working out. I also enjoy lounging. Um, so yeah, the body image thing, I feel like it's a really personal journey. Um, but self-love is so important and love for others as well. And I think the industry has so far to go in terms of making it better, but I think we've also come a long way and there's just always room for improvement. Okay. Someone asked solitude versus loneliness, healthy ways of spending time alone and avoiding vices. This one is hard for me in life right now. Um, Just like the personal things I'm going through, I'm living alone for the first time ever and just going through some personal changes. And I do definitely feel lonely at times. I think solitude is so important. I love my solitude. I love my days alone. I love my walks. I love reading. I love journaling. I love my yoga practice. Like I really, you can ask any of my friends or family, any partner I've ever had. I find so much joy in solitude. And I think it's so important to really get to know yourself and to be self-aware. So many people are walking around and they're so not self-aware. It blows my mind. And it just screams to me that they need more solitude. They need time spent with themselves. And I don't mean time laying in bed, scrolling on Instagram, because to me, that's not solitude. You're just like diving into other people's lives. Like, I mean, time alone, getting to know yourself and like exploring yourself and your thoughts and getting curious about 
why you have certain thought patterns or why you express your way, you express yourself in ways that you do or why you react to things in ways that you do. I think it's so important to have and find solitude and make it a practice. I think loneliness is definitely hard because there's a few types of loneliness. There's like the loneliness that you're in a room full of people and you feel totally alone. And then there's the loneliness of actually being alone and just yearning to be with people. And that's hard. And I hate that people in the world feel lonely. And I've recently definitely had moments of loneliness, but I just remind myself that even though my closest loved ones are far away, I'm receiving their love from far away as they are of mine. And luckily we live in a world of technology where I can FaceTime and see their beautiful faces and remind myself that like, I'm not alone, but I think it can definitely be hard, but to definitely not be afraid to ask for support. Um, yeah, that's tough. I definitely feel like solitude is important, but loneliness is a challenging one. Um, yeah, maybe I'll get into that more in the next episode. Cause I think it goes a lot better with the topics I'll be discussing. Okay. And then someone asks, what does your morning and evening routine look like? Oh God, this one, I'm honestly embarrassed because I've always been someone that loves my rituals and I've always had very clear, healthy routines and rituals, but I moved in April and I'm going through a lot of shifts. Um, I'm going through a lot of changes with my career, with myself, with my relationships, you know, there's a lot of transformations happening around me. And I'm honestly just trying to get through the day. God, that sounds really depressing, but I just mean like, I'm trying to be very gentle with myself and flow through the mornings and the evenings in ways that I need. I think for a while, my routines got unhealthy because I was creating these checklists and basically just trying to rush through everything by a certain time to feel good about it getting checked off. Like, okay, I've done my wellness for the day. I've done my healthy tasks for the day. I've gotten my to-do list done. Great, great, great. But like when you're doing something so extremely in that way, like is the yoga even working? Is the meditation even working? Are you enjoying that book? I don't know. Um, so it kind of got unhealthy for me and I had to really take a step back and be like, okay, what are my main focuses? Cause I'm not going to wake up every day at 6am to journal for 10 minutes, meditate for 10 minutes, skincare, make myself a matcha, make myself a hot tea for digestion. And then I'm going to do five minutes of stretching before I go do my workout before my yoga class, just to come back and make a smooth, like it was just so much. And I just kind of had to stop. I have really bad anxiety in the mornings and the evenings. I think that's when it hits me the most. So I feel like I just have to be extremely nurturing and gentle with myself. I guess right now my mornings look like I rise between seven and eight. And the first thing I always do, like I have to do it is like my skincare. Like I have to do my skincare. That's what wakes me up. That's what makes me feel good. Um, and then after my skincare, I make my bed and get dressed 
And then I will usually go downstairs. My building has a cafe on the ground floor. So I'll usually go downstairs and buy my very expensive New York latte and journal and read for a little bit. And then around like 9.30, I will start work and get my work and my to-do lists of stuff done. Or sometimes I'll have like an early morning yoga class and then I'll get to my work. But I prefer, I don't actually love morning yoga. I do if it's like my own flow because it can be gentle and smooth and soft. But my studio, I think the yoga is just a tiny bit more intense than what I would prefer for a morning class. So I feel like I have to be awake and kind of warmed up. So I prefer like an afternoon or night class for yoga. And then my nighttime routine is usually yoga and then I'll make myself dinner. I'll clean up my apartment because I hate waking up to a messy apartment. I hate disorganization. I really do. I'm a freak about it. I think, yeah, I'm, I'm weird about it. Um, and yeah, I'll usually like right now I got a projector. It was probably the worst thing I could have done because I'm just obsessed with TV right now. And I've never been a TV person. We didn't even have TV at my mom's house for a while. Like it was just a no. Um, but I really have just been into getting cozy and watching something on the projector, making a sweet treat, like maybe baking some cookies, having tea and like being total, um, hibernation mode. Um, and then I'll do my skincare and go to bed. I'm sorry. That's not exciting. My skincare isn't exciting either. Like I started seeing, um, my facialist in New York, Madalena. She's amazing. If you need a facialist, DM me, she's literally a godsend. And I, she saved my skin when it was at its worst. Um, but she has me on a very strict skincare routine and I just follow that. It's like three steps and that's all I do. I don't do any of these like 10 step skincare things. It's like, for me, this, I have to simplify, like if things are too complex or take too long, I just will not stick with it. I'll do it for like a few days and then I'm over it. I tried to do the guasa every day. I tried to stick with like the retinols and like, I can't, I can't, I'm sorry. Like I cannot. And I give girls who do that credit. Cause like you guys, you know, you look snatched, you look really good, but I just can't, I need to simplify. Um, so yeah, that's like my routine right now. Sometimes I go to the gym in my building. I just like play it by ear, honestly. And if I definitely need structure, like I'm someone that loves routine and structure because I am an air sign. So I can get easily distracted. And before I know it, the day's over and I haven't done what I should have done. But I also, during this time of life, really just need softness and ability to flow. And yeah, so that's been basically it. Um, okay. I feel like, let me see. What is this time right now? I guess it's 7 42 PM. Oh, Siri just told me the time. Thank you. Siri. Um, yeah, I guess we'll wrap it at that because I don't want this to be so long, but I think I'm going to do another solo episode, either end of year or my birthday in February, just to, dive into some of the things that have been going on like having a reflection of my year of 28 my personal year three um but yeah i appreciate you guys so much to everyone that sent questions and i did not respond i will use it for the next episode 
and i just love you all so much and i'm always so grateful that people even care to listen to these all of your dms that you guys share that you're either excited for a new episode or just like encouraging words that you like what i'm doing or you believe in what i'm doing or the messages i get from some of you saying like i listened to this on my morning hot girl walk and it inspired me so much or i really related to this person or I love the energy between so-and-so and those just remind me why I started this and make my heart so happy and yeah I mean we're far from perfect over here but we're figuring it out day by day and I just appreciate you guys for being on this journey and yes I will see you guys in a few weeks for another episode and have an amazing end of your fall season i can't believe we're about to go into winter i'm excited to be cozy but i just don't like the darkness i wish nighttime didn't come so soon but it is what it is anyways sending my best and i will talk to you guys soon bye